0: Hey there, Omaha. Welcome into another episode of Restaurant Hoppin', uh, bringing you another fantastic guest today. Today we've got Dean Leesman. He is the Chief Operating Officer at Pitch Pizzeria, which has two locations in Omaha. Dean, welcome to the
1: show. I've never been called fantastic. I appreciate that.
0: Well, there's a first time for everything and you should have been called fantastic yeah. before because I, I actually, here's why you're fantastic. I'm going to lead into this with a little bit of a personal story. So, pitch kind of has played a special role in my wife and I's relationship. It was where we had our first dinner date um, when we started dating. It was where we had dinner the night that I proposed. So, right before I proposed, I'm sitting there sweating eating a, eating a pitch pizza um so it it was it was kind of a special place for us so about our our anniversaries our first anniversary is march 30th and as that approached i actually reached out to your social media team and was like hey i'd love to do something special for sarah my wife like can we like run a special pizza for and immediately got a message back and it was like yeah here's our COO's phone number, give him a call. And I called you and you were just like, yeah, sure. Let's put a pizza together. What's Sarah's favorite pizza? And that was just absolutely
1: incredible. And I guess I just, I want to get a chance to thank you for that in person. Well, you just asking was thanks enough. And, uh, to, uh, have pitch and allow pitch to be a part of that was pretty special. I was actually in Scottsdale at our Scottsdale location. Uh-huh. Um, when we put that all together. So to do the, uh, Proteina with prosciutto for miss sarah was pretty cool
0: you i if you could have seen the way that her face lit up when she <laughs> saw because you guys did like a social media video and and you said you know you said we're naming this the sarah people can call in and order the sarah this week and her like i don't know if i've ever seen her more excited and that includes our proposal yeah. like so you better step it up i know <laughs> see that's the thing i'm like i kind of
1: Painting myself into a corner. I can't top that going forward. Well, we'll bring the Sarah back. We've gotten a lot of requests for it, which is pretty cool. So she's popular. I love that. She's pretty popular in our household, too.
0: So I want to go back to to 2009 when Pitch first opens. What was the vision for the restaurant then? And how have you kind of seen that vision maintained? And how has it maybe
1: changed a little bit in the decade-plus since? You know... The vision 10 years ago was to do something very unique, Mm -hmm. um, to bring back a level of service and quality and energy. I am just... I'm an energy guy. I... You know, there's that word out there, foodie. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what a foodie is. Um, <laughs> well,
0: you're looking at one. Yeah, this is I, what
1: a foodie is. I tell people that I'm a lawy because I watch all the law shows. I just add <laughs> I eat everything, but uh, I am an experienced person, and I wanted to create something with the team that people we make memories, we we make connections, and that's what makes the cuisine taste even better. Yeah. Um, where'd you come up with the name? You know. The name was coming up, uh, came up with, you know, 10 years ago for a lot of reasons. Um, Back then, there was a thing called 411. Okay. You you probably don't remember that. You're too young. 411 is the information of what you used to call to get an address or a telephone number that you'd call the operator. Yeah. And if you couldn't spell it or pronounce it, the operator couldn't find it. (laughs) And pitch is just pitch. You can't abbreviate it. You can't shorten it. It's pitch. Um, I was a soccer player. It has nothing to do with soccer. It has nothing to do with golf. It can if you wanted to. But the coal that we cook with is Mm -hmm. pitch black. There we go. So there it is.
0: So that's actually something else I wanted to talk about. I feel like coal fire cooking, and specifically with pizzas, is something that has kind of become in vogue over the last couple years. It's something that people pursue and really seek out. But I think pitch kind of got in pretty early On that trend, especially in Omaha, there weren't a lot of restaurants using that cooking method. What was kind of the thinking between bringing the coal fire cooking method into Pitch?
1: Well, the oven that is used at Pitch, that is the focal point. That's the energy of the restaurant. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's 900 degrees. It's right in the middle of the restaurant. Every person can see it. And coal has an unbelievable glow to it when it burns it burns hot it gives you that char um it's just it's just a great heat source and i, I don't know, and it's about energy for me because when you see it you just feel the energy
0: and i think something that kind of plays into that energy is coal fire ovens they typically run 800 to 900 degrees so when you cook a pizza in there it takes Two to three minutes, you know, it's it's, you're not putting the pizza in there for 25 minutes or whatever. So it that kind of plays into that energy It's just that things are fast, they're quick, they're moving. It's not a lot of sitting around
1: and waiting. It's let's build. Let's get it in there. Let's get it out to the customer. One hundred percent. I mean, we use the highest grade Caputo flour from Italy and, you know, our chefs and they are true chefs and they're all verbs. And I say that because they're all action. Our chefs are amazing. And I'm telling you, they make pitch what it is. And you stand in front of a 900 degree oven for eight hours, you'll get a little more respect for what these guys do. Uh huh. How do you go about finding those people? You know, our executive chef, um, Manny Carino, has been with us for over eight years. Mm -hmm. Probably one of the most talented people I've ever got to work with. Um, He continues to develop his teams, he's got leads here in Omaha. Um, Ray, and Chino, and Arturo, but they're professionals, and we have a culture where we want to give these guys true skill sets that they can use the rest of their lives, and that's what's important.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, pitch, correct me if I'm wrong, but from, from what I can t- discern from my research, pitch kind of started off mainly in you know the pizza lane, where you guys were doing pretty much pizzas and salads. Now, if you look at the menu, you can find duck and ribs and salmon and steak and all kinds of different things, pasta and, you know, other mac and cheese and other entrees. What was kind of
1: the thinking behind expanding beyond just pizza? You know, yeah, when pitch came out of the gates uh, 10 years ago, it was, it was pizza, some salads and meatballs. That was Mm -hmm. it. Um, I found probably four years ago, my original brunch menu and it was like a index card. Yeah. And our brunch menu now is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But everything that you mentioned, from the pastas to the duck, I mean, we make all of our own pastas. Mm-hmm. We make them from scratch. We, you know, we hand-cut our fillets. We grind our own burger meat. I mean, every meatball is hand-rolled. And I wanted to create something with the team where people could come every week and have a different experience. So... There's always a different soup. There's always a different lunch special. There's always a different dinner special. There's an appetizer special. There's sangria. You cannot come into pitch any week and not be able to try something new, which is pretty cool.
0: Mm -hmm. Was there any worry at all that people, you know, pitch, especially because it was known as a pizza place that people might, you know, not really even think about ordering other things when they came in because they're just like, oh, I'm going to pitch to get pizza. And then they see the the other things on the menu and they're like, oh, that sounds kind of good, but I'm in a pizza mood. How did you kind of make sure that that section of the menu was open and people knew about it and understood
1: it? Well, it's right in your face. I mean, we change the menus four to five times a year, Mm -hmm. not the core, but all the, you know, the, the features. But What's beautiful about having the type of menu that we have is that you can come to pitch three times a week now if you want to. You can come for pizza one day. You can come for filet one day. You can come for pasta one day. You know, if you're a pizza place, you know, and, yeah, people eat pizza all the time. But maybe you eat it once a month. Who knows? Mm-hmm. I want to see people all the time. This question comes
0: from – this is the Omaha Culinary Tours Question of the Week. It comes from Kristen. <laughs> She wanted to know, how do you come up with the pizza of the week? You guys have a special every week. Other than the Sarah, which
1: was a special occasion, how do you craft the pizza of the week? You know, I it's fun because we actually challenge our teams. You know, if they come up with something that they would love to have, we do it. I mean, it's like we're all in this together. Mm-hmm. And... The executive chef comes out with him a lot. He, he brings a lot of the fan favorite back. Like the taco pie is so popular. Mm-hmm. The buffalo chicken, the chicken artichoke. Oh, that
0: buffalo chicken is legit. We
1: just always, he's always evolving. And what's so fun is that, again, if you are a 16-year-old host at Pitch, you can come up with a weekly pizza.
0: That's awesome. So kind of playing into, you know, you've talked a lot about the staffing and creating this culture. And I'm just very curious because you guys have three locations now. There's the original in Dundee. There's one kind of over by Village Point, excuse me, in West Omaha. And then one in Scottsdale. How, when you have three locations, especially when you have one in a different state, how do you keep that consistent culture when you have varied, obviously everyone learns the same thing, but you have varied personalities. So how do you ensure that you have that stable
1: base culture? Well, leadership is a real thing. And surrounding yourself with people that care is by far the most important thing you can do in life. Mm -hmm. There's two types of people. I don't know and I don't care. The I don't knows you can fix. The I don't cares will take you down. Mm -hmm. And you have to care. I have the privilege of having a meatball at Pitch West, driving to Dundee, having a meatball, getting on an airplane, flying (laughs) to Scottsdale, having a meatball. And I will tell you what, they all taste exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Um, the culture is is people. You just have to have the right people, mm-hmm. and it's it's just that simple. And I don't have an office. The restaurants are my office. Mm-hmm. I work the floors. I take out the trash. It doesn't matter to me. Um, and I think that's very important. Mm-hmm. And well, I think part of it goes into you know
0: what you said a couple minutes ago when you you empower people and I think that when you, that weeds out the I don't care is because everyone cares because they feel, hey if I have an idea for a pizza, it doesn't matter if I'm the executive chef or I'm a dishwasher, I, I I can bring this up and it will at least be considered, like it won't just fall on deaf ears like that is the that is a path straight to disengagement when you just ignore people but it sounds like you're doing the exact opposite and that's how you get
1: people to care Well, accountability is kind of a dinosaur
0: mm-hmm. and I hold
1: people accountable mm-hmm. and going back to mentioning the dishwasher. It's probably one of the most important jobs in the restaurant. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And the hardest. Uh-huh. And I am a very direct guy. And if anybody knows me, they'll say, yeah, he's direct, but I'm direct with a mission mm-hmm. and that is to get the job done. Um, I'm a, I move fast But I always move with direction. And again, I hold my teams accountable, but I make sure they know how much I appreciate them.
0: Mm -hmm. Maybe we've gone into this a little bit already, but I was doing some research and I just I had to ask you about the trilogy of success. That's what you call these these three things. And that's great service, unbelievable food and a clean restaurant. I think every restaurant would say it strives for those three things and it offers those three things. How do you make sure that pitch is excelling and offering them at a higher level than you'll find at other places?
1: Again, it's people. And when I walk into a a bathroom and I don't go grab somebody if something's on the floor, I pick it up. Mm -hmm. But I make sure that everyone in the restaurant knows that it's all of our bathrooms. And I have a little trick that I do. Maybe I shouldn't say this, but when I'm in the bathroom and a guest is in the bathroom and something's on the floor, I pick it up and I say, can you believe people actually throw stuff on the floor? Do you uh-huh. think they do this at their own house? Yeah. So maybe they would think, you know what, I'm not going to throw anything on the floor anymore. Uh-huh. Because somebody has to pick it up. It is.
0: It really does boggle my mind. Whenever I litter. see like Can you believe people or, still litter? Yeah. Or like, yeah, someone yeah.
1: dries their hands on a paper towel and yeah. then, yeah, leaves it on the people floor. People carry like, computers the in their there. pockets and yet people still litter. It's amazing. It's mind-boggling. Yeah, it really is. Um.
0: Obviously, I hate to go this route just because I don't like to talk about COVID nineteen at all. But it has provided an avenue for restaurants to kind of do some really cool things, and I've loved what Pitch has done. And it's really kind of featured you. You guys started doing about I don't know what forty five to forty five seconds to a minute videos yeah. every day on your, on Instagram, where it's just it's you, it's your personality, and yeah, you're kind of like. I'm sorry inter- about that. No, no, no. You're introducing like a drink special or a pizza special or saying, hey, you know, come on out. We've got, you know, fresh pasta that you can order or whatever. And, and I love how you call your fans pitches. I yeah. think that's fun, too. With a P. Yeah, yes. Very important <laughs> to note that. Um, how important, like, do you think was it to give pitch a face, especially in a time when – it's really kind of dark out there for restaurants and people don't know exactly what to expect, what's open, what's going
1: on. Yeah. Well, I'm a very behind the scenes guy. I mean, the credit is the teams. Mm -hmm. So when we all sat around and talked about doing it and they said, you know, you gotta be the guy to do it. I said, I'll do it. I said, but I'm going to have fun doing it. And my nickname is one take. Those are all done in one take. Mm -hmm. You know, there's no rehearsal. There's no practice. We just go and talk about how we feel. Um, I mean, the purpose was just to hopefully make people smile a little bit, Mm -hmm. kind of take their mind off of something for 45 seconds. Um, They've been fun, um, and the response has been incredible. Really? Yeah. So, like, what kind of response? I mean, from people asking me what's next, from people asking, "Hey, can you do a? Can you give me a shout out on this?" You know, it's just pretty. It's pretty fun, and I had. uh, um, We have some really incredible. VIP regulars in Scottsdale and they were getting to go food uh, about three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And the husband looked at me and he said, I think it's weird now that I'm hearing your voice in bed because <laughs> my wife listens, watches your videos. I'm like, that yes. is pretty funny. Yeah. So it's been, it's been fun. And again, you know, it was just done just to hopefully let everybody know that pitch is still here um, and we're all going to be okay.
0: Mm-hmm. Some of the other fun things that you guys have kind of rolled out during this uncertain period, um, we're recording this right before Mother's Day. Uh, you guys have Mother's Day specials. You had an Easter themed dinner a couple weeks ago. Um, you teamed with the Omaha Community Playhouse for date nights at home. Like th- these are all really fun ideas. How did you, or how did the team kind of conceive of these ideas and come up with some of this fun stuff? No, we do.
1: Those holidays, Easter, Mother's Day, we're always just slammed with brunch and dinner as what We should do. Mothers are pretty important in that, right, MJ? So (laughs) um, we just wanted to give people another avenue to be able to get Easter dinner, Mother's Day dinner. The Omaha Playhouse, we partner with those guys all the time, and we're actually going to do something with them, I think, in the next two weeks as well, Okay, um, which was incredible. So... We changed the menu. Like the Mother's Day dinner um, this Sunday is a big 20-ounce hand-cut filet, big mm. prawns. It's a beautiful dinner. I just have a another. I, I call them all VIPs because they are, but I just had a guy in Scottsdale who is just a beautiful person. He just ordered four of them because he's having oh boy. a big dinner. So it'll be
0: fun. Um, something that I've loved asking different restaurateurs, chefs, anyone in the industry is— A few months ago when COVID-19 like really hits and starts to get serious and there's a lot of uncertainty about, you know, are we going to be open? Like, how does this work? Can we be safe and everything? Like when you get the team together, when everybody like how do you come up with these different strategies? How do you try and figure that all out? Is it just kind of like. You throw a bunch of stuff at the wall. Is it, you know, and, and you see what sticks? Is there like this giant brainstorm session? Just kind of take me behind the scenes and how do you kind of devise a game plan when you're facing this unknown? Well,
1: I, I'm a big believer in make a plan, work a plan. Mm-hmm. But I also know you have to adjust the plan. And I will say, fortunately and unfortunately, years ago, I had to go through a similar exercise like this. Um, It wasn't a virus; it was um, it was a parent company. But I learned so much on how to adapt and kind of move faster than a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And when this all started, somebody said to me, "What are you going to do? Are you going to close?" And I said, "Absolutely not. We are going to go down swinging." Mm -hmm. And I said, "We have a mission." And our mission is to have Pitch be here for everybody, especially my team, to have something to come back to. So there was a lot of discussion on how we were going to get there. I just knew that we were going to get there.
0: And I think that's so important for employees to see one of their leaders step up like that and say, we're not going anywhere. You know, there's, there's no hesitation. There's no... You know, there might have been some fear behind the scenes, but at least, you know, you put on a good face and you say, we're going to fight this. We're going to make it happen. I think that makes a huge impression on everyone in the organization.
1: Well, I will tell you my leadership team that I am so proud to be on their team. um, Have they just been incredible. And I never ask anybody to do anything that I'm not going to do. And when we went into this, Um, And still, um, we've been going through this exercise for what now? Eight weeks? I don't even know. Nine weeks? Mm -hmm. Yeah, something along those lines. Yeah, I have worked every day in the restaurants um, because I want my team to know that I'm in it with them. Mm -hmm.
0: Now, as we're recording this, this is the first week it started on Monday that restaurants were able to open. Absolutely. 50% capacity. Pitch
1: opened up. Absolutely.
0: What was the decision-making process behind that? Because I know every restaurant kind of faced that decision of, you know, can we make it safe for our employees and our customers? Is it worth it financially? You guys decided that it was. How did you
1: come to that decision? Because I'm sure it wasn't easy. Well, I will tell you, it wasn't a hard decision for us because we never closed. Mm -hmm. You know, we, again, had a mission. I wanted to keep everybody that I could employed. So all of our leadership team, I've. I didn't have to furlough anybody. Mm-hmm. All my chefs, we were busy with to-go food. And I wanted to keep them as busy as possible because I knew we were going to open up again. And training a new chef team mm-hmm. is difficult.
0: Oh, I'm sure. Yeah.
1: And it's been unbelievable. The only people that we had to furlough, um, unfortunately, was the servers, which was a good thing that we could get them on furlough. Because, again, when you're close to the public, there's really nothing for them to do. Mm-hmm. And now that we're at half capacity... Um, we've given options for people to be in the first round, second round, third round. Because mm-hmm. I want them to be 100% comfortable when it's time to come back. And if they didn't feel comfortable the first round, no big deal. We'll give you a call in a couple of weeks, and we'll see where we are then.
0: That's awesome. And what's the response from the public, Ben?
1: Incredible. I mean, the people that uh, we're doing reservation only, so because we, we want to be able to control the space. So if you have a... Five o'clock reservation, and there's somebody who has, has a 6.30. We get your table up, sanitized, cleaned, and then we call that 6.30 reservation while they're sitting in their car and invite them to come on in as their table's ready. The response has been incredible. Um, and I always say if if you're not comfortable going out, it's easy. Just don't go out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the to-go food option is there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all there.
0: And I can confirm, Pitch's Pizza, it. Works to go like it transfers very well. I've gotten it a couple different times, including the other night. we took it over to um, brother and sister-in-laws they loved it so um, how important do you think is it to kind of provide that sense of normalcy for people when there's so much uncertainty really in in every area of people's lives right now to kind of have that comfort that at least they can go into a restaurant. And it's not going to be the restaurant experience they're necessarily used to. There's going to be less people. There are going to be more safety protocols. But there's at least, like, something
1: familiar about that in these unfamiliar times. Yeah, I I know that those two words that people use so much was the new norm. Yeah. Drives me crazy. There's nothing normal about this. Yeah, right. Absolutely nothing normal about this. Um, We just wanted to make sure that when you come into pitch, it's pitch. You know, I mean... The only thing that's a little different right now is we have our booze banks, which is mm-hmm. our big liquor stores that are set up. We've reduced those. But we just – the patios are set up. They're beautiful. I mean, a lot of the people that are making the reservations are true, like, VIP pitches. I mean, <laughs> they, uh, they they couldn't <laughs> wait. You know, they could not wait to get back in. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, you – Let's get off all the nasty COVID Let's stuff. Let's get we're, off it. We're done with that. We're done with that. You, uh, you were very kind. You brought in a specialty bottle of wine today. So I'm going to open up the mic and allow you to to speak about this because it's it's a special item.
1: It's uh, extremely special. So this is the f- uh, fifth excuse me, private release that we've done. Um, this is called No Offense. Mm-hmm. And it's called No Offense because I'm tired of everybody being offended by everything. (laughs) I think we should all just be nice to each other and get back to work. Amen. Um, So Michael and David are two of my favorite winemakers. So they do all the freak show wines. Um, They have a lot of wines. But like Seven Deadly Zins, I think, was a really popular one that they did. It took me two years, two years to convince them to do this. And I was out with them about eight months ago. And they were in Phoenix, and we were talking, and they said, quit asking us. We're never going to do it. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm going to ask you one more time. And they said, well, if we did it, why would we do it for you anyways? And I said, because you like me. <laughs> and I said, in second, I already knew what I'm going to call it. I'm going to call it No Offense. Uh-huh. And they love the name. So it is all Lodi Appalachian Fruit. It's 85% Zinfandel, 15% Petite Syrah. The back of the label is about the pitch team. So if you ever get a bottle, read the back of the label. Um, I'm proud of it. I wrote it. But it's about the team. It is a beautiful wine. Um, Our Cabernet, the Pitch Platinum, is a beautiful wine, which is done by Gerard, that vineyard. We're just very proud of what we do. And everything that we do, we just want it to be pitch worthy because the people that make up pitch, the guests, the people, I just want it to be very special for everybody.
0: Mm -hmm. Now you strike me as a guy who's a very forward thinking person. (laughs) I mean, even before this conversation, like, you know, I could just tell from the videos that you've put on just from our text messages that you're a guy who's always kind of thinking of the next step. And I think that's why pitch has been able to, you know, respond so quickly to some of these, you know, events that have happened over the last couple of months. Maybe this is an unfair question to ask just because there's so much uncertainty for all restaurants right now. But like, What's next for pitch? Like, what's, what's the next evolution? And maybe you don't want to spill it. If you don't want to, that's fine. But I know you have ideas in your well, head. I have no yeah, doubt about we'd that. We
1: actually do. Um, and we're actually working on some really cool things that are, you know, going to be announced. They actually got a little delayed because of, you know, right. what we're going through. But I will tell you, again, what's kind of funny is customer service is a dinosaur. Mm-hmm. That's my opinion. I just think that the true level of experience of customer service is a dinosaur. So when you called me, I reached out to me about that pizza. There was only one thing for me to do. And that was to make it happen. Not to hand it off to anybody, not to say somebody will get that handled. It's just very important to me. Mm -hmm. And again, that's how our teams learn. It's like start to finish. I teach people touch it once, you know, you're going to get a project, get it going and get it done so things are always moving with pitch mm-hmm. that's for sure mm-hmm. and uh, hopefully we'll have another podcast maybe down the road we'll be able to talk about
0: it I would love that and yeah just just to confirm and kind of you know build upon that story when I first called you and you know and I you know asked hey is this possible you're You didn't ask me another question. You didn't say like, well, you know, what scale is this? Or, or, you know, what kind of pizza is this? What are you thinking? Your answer was yes. And then we went from there. That was so like, just as a customer, that was so heartening because all this, like the doubt that it was going to happen was removed. I didn't know exactly what it would look like and how happy you would make my wife, but I knew that something was going to happen and you guys, it wasn't just going to go by the wayside. And that was just awesome. Yeah.
1: Well, I appreciate it, and again it's it's easy mm-hmm. if um guest experience is hard work, you got to find a new you know a new business, yeah, you should be passionate about it, yeah, one hundred percent, and we just want the people that come into pitch to be as passionate to be nice, right we've been saying that a lot, stronger, nicer, mm-hmm. you know, I will tell you the server team they work hard and I don't know. It's almost one of those deals. I always say you should have to take a test or work in the service industry before you're allowed to go out in public. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because being a server is hard work. Yeah, Hard work. And um, we give them every tool to be successful. And the biggest tool is we have the best chef team. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, As we wind down here, there's two questions that I like to ask just about every guest. Um, And so I want to put them forth to you. First, what is one thing about working in the restaurant industry that you wish more people understood or you think people
1: don't really understand somewhere down the years ago somebody said the customer's always right they're wrong (laughs) there there is not one person that's right all the time Uh and I don't know when it happened, but somehow the restaurant industry became the scapegoat for so many other industries. It's almost like you can walk into a restaurant and behave however you want. Mm-hmm. And now with social media, it makes it even worse. Yeah, And I don't believe that. I mean, I don't go into my dry cleaner and start screaming or my bank or my grocery store. Mm-hmm. Why? Why a restaurant? And I just want people to understand... We are making scratch food, scratch-made food. When you order it, we're making it. Mm-hmm. And Pitch West, let's use that one as an example, we're feeding 300 people at a time. Yeah, out of one kitchen. Try that and try to make everything come out perfectly. That's why our last slogan was heat lamps are for cheaters because we have no heat lamps. Uh-huh. So I guess for me, if the one thing I would, I just want everyone to understand how hard people work in that industry.
0: Okay. And then... To end things on a positive note, what is your favorite thing about working in the restaurant industry?
1: Well, I have always wanted to help people get to another level. And I have my long career, longer than I can already imagine it has been. um, I've had nurses that have been servers, and, and they all say the same thing. I'm a better nurse because of working at Pitch. I've learned time management, problem solving, multitasking. I have parents call me that say my daughter would never make her bed. She now makes her bed because of the responsibility she learned to pitch. And so I guess for me, I've said it before, I know that I'm a stepping stone for a lot of people, and I'm okay with that. Just when you step off and move on to your next chapter, take something really positive with you and leave something really positive. Because you should want to be remembered mm-hmm. for good things. Wow. Well, this was
0: this is a fantastic conversation. I knew we were going to get a lot of good talk about pizza, but now I'm like, this is like motivational speaking right here. Like I'm going to go yeah. run a marathon or something <laughs> and just make more of my life.
1: Oh, I love it when people fib. It's the best.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Dean, this was such a pleasure to it have you on. Thank
1: you. It was my pleasure.
0: And Omaha, thank you so much for listening as always. Thanks for eating with me.